Welcome to Buzzed in Baltimore, a podcast about craft beverages and bars in Maryland. This episode is very special as we'll be talking to award-winning photojournalist Joe Giordano, who has been shooting Baltimore nightlife for decades. His work has been published in ProPublica, The Guardian, The Washington Post, Telegraph, and Rolling Stone, but you probably recognize his photos most from City Paper, where he was the longtime staff photographer. His new book, We Used to Live at Night, captures 25 years of Baltimore bars, clubs, dance parties, casinos, hip-hop battles, drag shows, and everything in between. An eerily familiar yet faraway reminder of how things used to be. Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Jess. Yeah, no problem. Um, How have you been? I know you've been so busy. It's been quite the January for you. Yeah, it's been pretty quiet. There's nothing been going on in DC. That that's been pretty chill. Um, haven't political. been down there. Thank God there wasn't a bunch of people storming the Capitol. You know, um, no, it's been it's been pretty busy uh, between working on the book um, with my publishers, uh, the the uh, the Culture Crush Culture Crush editions out of New York, um, going back and forth with them, and doing dealing with this DC stuff. It's finally quieted down. So. Yeah, for listeners who don't know, Joe and my former colleague Ron Cassie have been covering, I mean, the storming of the Capitol, the inauguration, um, and there's some great pieces on on Baltimore Magazine's website if you want to check it out. But we're here to talk about you and your your sort of career in, in nightlife photography. So I know you're originally from Baltimore, and then you've lived around the world, and then you came mm-hmm. back to Baltimore. Is that like a good summary of your biography? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 lived, yeah, I, I lived in Seoul, Korea. South Korea. Um, I lived for about five years in in Prague uh, before coming back here. Um, the UK, yeah, it's I, I've been. I'm I'm quite. I, I travel around. So yeah, so you've seen a ton of cities, which is kind of an interesting context for like yes. how you've seen yes. Baltimore too. And I, I try to go to the bar scene in every city. So you and like me right both. before lockdown <laughs> in the October before lockdown, we um, my friend Paula and I found this incredible legit speakeasy in Soho. She knew of it through word of mouth. And it was so it was so hidden. We walked by the door like three times. <laughs> like it, it was on it was a little side street and it, it had no signs on the door. It wasn't even like a club looking door, right? It looked like, you know, like you would, you know, pee against it at like three in the morning. Right. You know, it had graffiti on it. But she's like, I think this is the address. And we went in and it was like walked down these stairs and it just like brewer's art just opened up. They had like 200 types of single malt and like complete London, like speakeasy. Was there a a password situation or no? um, No, you get, you get buzzed in and they have a camera. So, you know, we saw that on the little video door doorbell. So I guess they just see, um, you know, cause London uh, is pretty open. So they don't want to discriminate. Right. So they're not, you know, it wasn't like a passporty thing, but there was a there was a door buzzer with a camera that we found. Oh, that's so awesome! It, it, but the door was like legit. We walked by like three times. Like you just you didn't even see it. It was it was wild. And then we just went downstairs, and yeah, I was like, I'll have a one of those, please. And guys, like, <laughs> been here for four hours. I'm like, yeah, same one. I'm I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh <laughs> like my god, I mean, yeah. for a drink, but <laughs> that's the best way to see a city, though. You just like. Danny and I always like to kind of bar crawl. You have like one bar, one drink at a bar and just keep going. And then you'll find the place that you want to have more than one. And yeah, it's, I miss it. It's the best. Um, 
So I wanted to kind of like go back and ask if you remember the first time you picked up a camera to document a night rather than just taking like there's a difference obviously between taking photos of your friends or taking photos of a band and then really like thinking in a photojournalistic way so mm -hmm. i wondered sort of the first time you remember doing that in baltimore yeah so like in the mid 90s um before i moved i was living in what they now call brewers hill is highland town <laughs> right. um holland town and i actually it's funny i have a little so I've, have you interviewed Brian Strumke yet on your show? I actually have not. I've interviewed him off air like four okay. stories. Yeah. You talk to Strumke, right? Yeah. Brian Strumke and I know each other and we become friends because I used to live in his parents' old house in Highland Town. Oh my and he gosh. found a box and when he when they they moved they they divorced and sold the house anyway, he bought the house from them. He found a box with my dad's dog tags in it and tracked me down on Facebook and was like, hey, dude, do you know this guy? I'm like, holy shit, it's my dad's dog tags. Holy he's like, shit. yeah. I'm like, is it like South Conkling Street? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, dude, I live here. And I'm like, whoa, I used to live there. Like, that was like, I lived there for like three years. Oh, my God. So um, this, this is the guy that has Stillwater, the beer, um, and Love and Regret used to have big, big guy in the sort of beer nightlife scene if people don't yeah know. yeah i mean he's strunky's a genius we can talk all day about what i think about brian he's just he's, he's a he's a brilliant genius anyway yes but my, my, my point was is i was living there um with a couple roommates and i was working for a photographer in fells point as an assistant and i got exposed to photo books i think so i had been about 22 23 um so working with this photographer he's actually his the studio I worked at is that green building right next to bar on Shake on Shakespeare Street on the on the Max's side of Shakespeare Street. Oh, There's a yeah, green yeah. building on a corner, right next to bar. Yep. Right. So that's just or Lancaster Street, right? Whatever. Yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah. Lancaster and Shakespeare. Lancaster, yeah. I think, is the one that runs perpendicular or parallel yeah. to Broadway. Yeah. Right? yeah anyway, yeah. right by so, bar. I gotcha. Yeah. So I would go to bar. You know, this is great. Like that. Like. Like, you know, like 90, 95, 96, like that time in Fells was wild because you had, um, Warfrat would do the three for three, right? Mm -hmm. um, this bar, this, these bars are no longer there. We Peters, where Gemini is now, right? And Blarney Stone, those were, that was one bar. And next to him was this place called Mike's and they would do three for three. And then you had Bohagers. Oh, of course. <laughs> which had this all-you-could-eat buffet for happy hour, right? Yeah. So I, I fell in with, like, the same age group, like, this crew of dude, people, men and women, uh, that worked for, like, RTKL down there. Like, we were all in Fells at happy hour, like, every every week, you know, every week. So Thursday and Friday, we were happy hour. And, you know, I worked for a photo studio, so I was, like, I didn't have to be there like, 10 in the morning, right? You know, so... Um, we, we would, we would go like, you know, 10, 10, 15 people strong. And if everyone got $6, everyone got six beers and 15 people would just put on a table, we would be smashed by like seven o'clock. Right. <laughs> yeah. But so I, I started noticing, you know, I started to like walk around the city during that time, like at night. And I, I become, I, through working through this photographer and do you know Michael Cantor? He used to own Salamander Books in Hamden, and then he's in Anvil, Pennsylvania. Anyway, I don't think so. He, he had a, a, a photo bookstore in Fells Point, um, right down where the the windows of the bakery are on that corner of um, Thames and whatever that little V is down mm -hmm, there by mm -hmm. um, 
I think it's Fell Street, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so he had this, he had this poster. Anyway, so I, I, you know, I was getting, just getting into photography and, um, you know, I, I saw this, you know, precise book on Paris, Paris of the at Night, Paris uh, Nidwit. And, um, <laughs> and I was like, you know, wow, like, you know, this would be great because Baltimore has all this old Belle Epoque architecture and things. And, you know, pe- people, you know, people like tend to, you know, be snarky about Baltimore or say oh, it's John Water, whatever. But we're actually, it's very, it's a very, you, you, you could double this for like Paris and parts of Baltimore. Like there's okay. alleys and parts of Mount Vernon that if, if I took a photo of someone there and, and wrote, you know, what well, greetings from Paris, you, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know. You, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. So I was like, wow, this is great. So I had just gotten my first camera, which is a Minolta X700, 35 millimeter. And um, I just started walking around at night and looking in like empty store windows and, you know, architecture. Like I, I have a really nice photo. It didn't make it into the book. We, we have 300 photos in the book. And my, my editor, um, Deborah Shear from Culture Crush in New York. Like there was this, uh, it was like this Herculean cleaning out this table. There were so many photos she had to go through. I'm sure. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but one of them was like Penn Station before the statue went up hmm. at night, which is really nice. Uh, we kept a lot of the architectural stuff out because it wasn't as cohesive as a unit when we got edited it down. But, but yeah, I just, anyway, I just walked around. I used 3200 speed film very high speed film. Um, I was taking, I taking photography at, at CCBC Essex. Um, this is before I moved. So yeah, so I just, I just rolled around, you know, for about three years, taking these yeah. night photos, moved to Prague, came back. Uh, so like around 2001, I started the project up again. I just started around uh, same camera. I just started walking around again, uh, f- living in Federal Hill. So lots of stuff from down there. Went up, you know, went uptown, and then around, you know, as the 2000s progressed, there were drag shows, and the nightlife started picking up H and H building. I had my camera there, you know. Um, so yeah, it, it just built up to this big portfolio of of, of nightlife, um, and I, I've been pretty honored, you know, honestly. Uh, and I said this in my introduction that you know traditionally, like nighttime photography is a space that's exclusive for white males. Like if, if you look historically at these, um, any of the Brassai, Bill Brandt, uh, Ken, Ken Shear from New York, any, really, if you look at any photo nighttime book, it's all gonna be done by a white man, right? Right. Because our, you know, our privilege to walk around at night is, is just that, right? Like, yeah. you know, a woman or a person of color, that experience and that fear of walking around at night is going to be totally different where I walk through this world, you know, with a privilege of, of being a white male that no one, you know, I can walk through Patterson Park with a camera and not have to look over my shoulder or I yeah. can enter the police, you know, go down to the headquarters building and just walk in and be like, hey, you know, just because of the way I look. Yeah, um, not going to lie when you said it. So I just started walking around at night. My first thought was like, oh shit, you know, and, and that's, coming from being a woman by myself, I wouldn't do it. I don't think I would be able to do it, but. Um, yeah, and I, I, yeah. I really think that's, you know, why, you know, in the canon of like classical night photography, um, there's only one woman, it's Jermaine Creel. I think she's, she did a book on Berlin at night in, in, the, in the 20s, even before Versailles did. 
but a- after that, you know, unless it's a scene, right? And so, you know, this whole nightlife genre of walking around at night, like that's dominated by the, the white male photographer. Mm-hmm. But then when you break down into like scenes, it gets a little, it gets a little more diverse, like hardcore scene or drag scene. Cause there are people that are inside those, you know, for whatever reason, like, you know, I have a lot of friends in like all these different scenes. Like for instance, I was doing a, uh, some photos for the guys that did the music for the wire, darker in productions and uh, Juan and Jamal. And they were just like, Yo, you should come to the, the crown awards. And I didn't know what the crown awards were. And there were these underground hip hop awards that were held at the five seasons at little, the five seasons is, uh, it used to be behind that Dunkin' Donuts on Guilford where the sun building is, there's a shopping center mm-hmm. there. Back in there was a place called the five seasons. And like, it was these underground hip hop awards that were these fantastic, like the, the local hip hop scene just pulled together to give awards to like the best people of the underground hip hop scene. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. But it was like invite only. And I was really honored to work with, you know, Jamal and Juan. Like, and they were just like, yo, just roll up and get some pictures. Um, so, yeah. So, like, that's like, there's a big part of the book that's that, that's that scene, you know? Yeah. And then um, I got invited. I, I did these portraits that were, went, ended up uh, for the advocate um, of the of these drag queens at Pride one year. This would be like 2012, I think. And then, um, you know, I made friends with, you know, a lot of the drag queens that I, that I took photos of. And when I was like, hey, we got this little underground thing going on at um, the cafe where the original Red Emma's, where the mm-hmm. mix, where the, um, the new Tequiria is. But that, that was just like this great space. And they were just like, come, you know, come down and check a show. It's drag shows. I love drag shows. They're, it's awesome. Yeah. So that, that's, you know, that's in the book, right? So all these, all these scenes that I was invited to, um, despite being nice to people, you know, right. like, I don't judge anybody. That's great. You know, so I, I got a lot of invites to come to these scenes and stuff. And this, this you know, we, we wanted the book to be, I mean, I wanted the book personally to be uh, a good, like, tapestry of the city at night, like was done for Paris, New York, and Berlin. Yeah. In London. And then I think when, you know, Culture Crush, when Deb took it over and saw these pictures, you know, it was like, it became like it wasn't like yeah you know, like it wasn't just one scene it was all these scenes you know right. and it was it was all it was just all over the city um and you know there's there's crime scene photos in there right you know and um you know i had like a lot of conversations with photographers you know east side and west side like black photographers i'm like you know what do you think of this you know should i put these in should i not and um on, on instagram one called me out he's like you, should, you know you got to get deeper in the cut it's part of the scene it, it's part of nightlife it's part of the nighttime baltimore unfortunately um but but the ones that were chosen and i helped you know that we picked out were were just vague enough to give you an idea on what goes on outside right. of the clubs right. right wasn't graphic or anything like that no no and, and it wasn't exploitive or you know profiting from you know anyone's pain it was just you know just and when I did when I did take photos at crime scenes for different assignments, you know, I tried to do it differently and make it so it wasn't exploitive, mm-hmm. you know, so you don't you never see the, you know, the victims or whatever. you see what's going on around it. Um, and that's one of the things that that um, the photographer Ouija did in New York with his fire scene is like instead of showing pictures of like the burning buildings, the, the to him, the crowd was more interesting. Yeah. Than the people around it. I so re- I would talk I to. Yeah, yeah. So, like, when I did this series, 
you know, with the homicides in Baltimore, you know, I've got, you know, a couple hours of oral interviews at, at scenes just, you know, talking to people about what happened. But, and that's, that's part of, you know, what goes on in the city at night. You know, it's just, it's just part of it. Right. Good. Sorry. That's okay. No, no, it's, it's all good. I, I just was curious, you know, maybe not with the crime student stuff so much, but with all the different scenes you were sort of referencing, do you think there is a, a through line to Baltimore nightlife, like something that you feel like is sort of quintessential to Baltimore like compared to like the other cities you've lived in and the other books that you've studied? Oh, Baltimore is, I mean, Baltimore has got to be the most genuinely fun city to party in. And I mean that if you go to London or you go to Prague or you go to even like Reykjavik, I've been to Reykjavik three times at night, like for nightlife stuff, like, and you're in these cities and you're like, or New York, right? You're like, I'm in New York. I'm trying to have a good time because I'm in New York. But Baltimore is like, you know, it goes back to that Odell's, you know, Odell's was this very famous um, club on North Avenue. You know, if you know, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, th- there's there's two great essays in the book. Um, there's two great essays, one written by Michael Farley and the other one by DDM, who's a, a local musician, a uh, queer musician, you know, about the, the space like the crown, right? Like, you know, the Baltimore nightlife scene and the art scene has been predominantly white art hipster you know, if you look at the mid 2000s, you know, it's been very, it's been very exclusive to white younger people, younger, you know, younger partiers and things. Uh, and then you get the crown, which, you know, began to book everybody. And DDM goes into this, into his essay in the book. And I, I think it's great. It's, it's, it's a great thing to point out. But, but the Baltimore nightlife scene to me is like, is unlike any other. I mean, the amount of, the amount of DIY venues we had from like 2009 to what, 2013, 2014, 2015, right. you know, is, you know, is pretty amazing, right? I think it rivals like other cities. I mean, you know, our, our, our scene has produced what, Dan Deacon, Future Islands, Wyo, Beach House, Abdul Ali, you know, DDM with, with, um, with social, like, you know, Future Islands, you can go on, right? You can go on and on and on about these, about these nightlife scenes. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a great, it was a great city for that. And I hope, I I don't know. I I wonder about how we're going to get back to that, if at all. I know. I, I, I uh, wrote down the quote from both DDM and, and Michael Farley. I loved DDM just sort of asked, will we get back to a point where we can hug a stranger or pack a dance floor? And Michael Farley describes nightlife as Baltimore's pressure release valve, which I just thought was really a beautiful way to put it because it's like now we don't have that release valve for a lot of tensions and i think that's that's just so it's so interesting um and and i love how in the book you know you you do have hipsters at you know in graffiti alley and you do have shows at the wind-up space but you have regulars at packaged goods stores and you have drag queens and you have you mean you have this entire gamut of of nightlife it's not just one one look at it. And, and I'm sure that was intentional when you were kind of going with your sitting down with your editor and thinking like, okay, let's try to represent all these different scenes. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, we and I, like, uh, you know, um, at the last minute, like I went through, I found more file. I'm, I'm like, 
<laughs> my, my wife's an archivist. You think my archives, you know, it's horrible. My archives are horrible. And um, I found like three more folders that had more nightlife stuff in it that I hadn't because, because I just, I named them so stupidly something else and I just stumbled onto them. But like, um, so there's like the incredible Sushi Kings, you know, so we have Asian breakdancing representation in the book, you know. Naturally. Um, yeah, well, no, but I mean, but that's, you know, but see, it's, it's you know, that's, to me, like, that's important. Like, I, I have a proof and I took it to, um, we went to hang out with some friends of ours at their, in their backyard and, you know, the wife is Vietnamese and I was like, hey, Annie, take a look at this. And she, you know, her, her she's represented in the book with a big earring. But um, anyway, she, she was so like, she couldn't believe that we had like Asian break dancers in there. She's like, oh my God, like you, you know, we, you, you got like Asian representation in, the, you know, which is a very, you know, it's a different small scene. And like you brought up the graffiti alley party, which ironically was the, was the Asian night market after party. That's what I was wondering. If yeah. So it really wasn't night a night hipster. Night. That was, that was, uh, that was DJ Sean Smallwood, you know, and that crew that, that, that did that, but that was part of, that was the, that was, that was called the, like the market underground. That was like a midnight to whatever party. Right. In graffiti alley. And, and that actually wasn't hipster. That was, that was, they sent you from the Asian night market over to that party. There were, hipster, there were hipsters in that photo. Oh no, there <laughs> were. I know, no, no, there were. But I mean, like when you look at like the, I know, like venues mean. like Fifth Dimension where Future Islands playing. That's that. Right. That is like that is like undistilled white hipster, right? Yes, that is like hundred percent. Were there Future Islands? You know, maybe one or two, you know, fans of color of Future, but but it was mostly white Micah, yes. kids. But the, the that particular graffiti alley party was put together by the Asian community of the city. Yeah. No, that. That um, Charm City Night Market, that whole event was so well done. It's so it is cool that you have representation from so many different things. And it's funny you bring up the earring photo. That was one that struck me as just super beautiful. And then the other one that I loved was the sort of the top of a man's cowboy hat lit by like a oh yeah that was Pops Orioles lamp. Yeah. Pops and Dundalk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I like love. I'm gonna get a print of that. I love that photo so much. Um, so I just wonder when you when you shoot these details like that. Obviously, I know it's an art form and 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 you, you're intentional. But do you realize it at the time? Like, wow, I got this beautiful moment. Or are these things that you might see later on and realize how great they are with time? Um, it's a it's a good question. Um, I, I think the answer is more of your first one. Yeah, um, and it's weird. I was just thinking this today, like. I mean, I shoot film and I was going down to shoot, take some pictures at Brendan Doerr's place. And I brought my little film camera and I realized that I've had that role in there for a month. <laughs> and I, and that's because I don't just like take, 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 take. Oh, that's awesome. Take, 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 take. Like the cowboy one, you know, I was on the other side of the dance floor and I turned around and there was just this great, and I even saw it in black and white. It's a color photo. Um, and I saw, but but I saw it in my head in black and white with just the rim of his cowboy hat, yeah, reflecting off the thing. So, you know, I I don't what they used to call it, pretty glib. But, you know, they used to call it spray and pray, right? Like, if you would go to an event or you covered some conflict, spray and pray, and you just took all these pictures, and maybe you got two awesome ones. And of course, no one sees all the shitty ones that are around these awesome ones. Right. But but for 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 this project, I mean you know, with the portraits, with the dance stuff, 
um, I, I was really surprised how little I had like it wind up because I got the pictures that I wanted. So I didn't have like 300 wind up space photos. Like I had like 40, you know, right. out of all, out of everything. Wow. Because I just got, I just got the ones that I wanted. And then that was it. Yeah. You know? And I, I'm curious too, and this is probably a question you get a lot and you might not even realize how you do it anymore because you've been doing it for so long, but how do you kind of become a fly on the wall and, and sort of blend in so people aren't realizing, okay, I'm getting a photograph of myself taken and, you know, they want to pose or, you know, how do you get these genuine moments where people don't even notice you anymore? Well, it's kind of, I mean, it's actually kind of the opposite, right? So, because I, I, I am, I am a type photographer that like ask consent before I really get into like, like for instance, there's a lot of, there's a, there's quite a few of the burlesque dancer. There's a burlesque scene in the book. Um, I, I tracked down every one of those pictures and got permission just, you know, verbal, like, Hey, you know, I'm doing, and, and, you know, they were just like, Oh, wow. Like, thank you know what I mean? Like I, I went and made sure that, that I had the consent of the people that were in there. So when I would go to these, you know, these spaces, like I would actually, I wouldn't be a fly on the wall. I'd barge in to the point where I would just get assimilated and then just take pictures once people were comfortable with it. And so they wouldn't look awkward. They wouldn't really pose. Right. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, you know, there are a couple, you know, there are a couple pose shots. Like I, I love the shot of the two guys, the guy kissing him on the head, his partner on the head. Oh yeah. Um, that was actually, that was at Grand Central the night that um, I had like the best, I had the best election night coverage. I was at Rope Walk. Which election? When, um, Obama's re-election. So yeah. what, 2014? 2012. No. 2012, yeah. Yeah. So I was at Rope Walk, which is this notoriously Republican bar, when he won. And there was this big meltdown that like he had won re-election. And I ran up to Grand Central just in time to shoot the passing of the Gay Marriage Act in Maryland. So I had all these wow. like great, that's where that picture came from. Like this great, but I mean, I had a great night. Like the, the, you know, the fascist lost and I ran up to, you know, to Grand Central and got like when, when you know, the gay marriage um, bill was approved. That was a great night, but that, that's where that, that came from. You oh, know? okay. That's, um, that's such a great story. Yeah. There, there's a lot of red maple photos in there too. I got to give a shout out to Heidi Klotzman. Oh my God. Queen of nightlife. Yes. Yeah, yes. She did my acknowledgements. I don't know if you yeah. read it. She, no, I did read your acknowledgements. She's, she's awesome and has been doing the damn thing for a really long time and yeah, but she, so many unknown artists and made them known. And, yeah. yeah. But, but she's, I mean, you know, a lot of her, her parties I was invited to. So I got to see all these different scenes, you know, that, that she put together. I mean, you know, she put so, she was, put so many parties together with different types of people coming together that, you know, like all the red maple scene, right? Like yeah. open mic and hip hop, like all that stuff was, you know, she, she put, she was responsible for a lot of it. That's why she got acknowledgement because, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't have done this with, without the access that I got for a lot of her stuff. Mostly every, every, every party in the book with like the exception of like, you know, fifth dimension H and H building stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was invited to by somebody within that scene, right? Like the Crown yeah. Awards, the drag stuff, the sex stuff, like all that stuff was being trusted enough with my work. And I, I'm, I'm very honored and like humbled, really. Hum I mean, people overuse that word, but I'm really humbled by 
you know, and I, I, I hope I communicated that in acknowledgments, like to everyone that invited, you know, to get invited into a scene to take photo because people trust the way that you photograph, right? It's not just like being invited to drink or spend money, but it's like, they know I'm a photographer. They know I'm docu I document stuff and to have that trust, you know, like there's, there's, um, this was again, last minute, I found this folder. Um, there were these text only parties that were going on for a minute from like 2011, 2012, 2013. And those were, you know, if you knew a DJ, this is, this is like even almost pre Facebook. This is MySpace days, oh, right? Yeah. If you knew a DJ and they, you know, Baltimore had some really good speakeasies. It was Club Smurf. They were, that had their own money. Club Smurf had its own money. Um, that was the, actually, it's funny. Okay. That's the only place that I wasn't allowed to take photos in. Oh yeah. It's called Club Smurf. <laughs> and that was a speakeasy. But we used to like, I knew because I, I'm kind of leaving part of the story out. I, I co-founded Gutter Magazine, which was this kind of underground online publication. So this is where a lot of these contacts initially came from was from working with Gutter. Got it. And so I would get like these DJs um, that would be like, listen, give me your phone number. Just, just trust me. I get a message on MySpace, right? Like give me your phone number. Trust me on this. Be around Saturday at 2 a.m. And I would get an address just texted and you would go to the address and be this party, you know? Um, and it was a couple DJs that were doing that. There's only three of them in the city that were doing that. And I went to quite a few. That, that's, those DJ pictures are from those back alley warehouse parties. They were like super on the, on the down low, away from the cops. Um, a friend of mine and I, our mutual friend Brent, mm -hmm. uh, I'll never forget, we, we, I got invited to a text party. The address came through and it was this, it was this side street right behind Raven Stadium, right? Mm. And we, we pulled up, Brent and I pulled up and there's like, it's just all warehouses. It, it, it was bad, it wasn't even a residential area, it was a warehouse area that's on the railroad track side of Raven Stadium. Gotcha. Right, so we pulled up in a park and I'm like, you know, our, Google Maps is like it's just an alley. So we were both like, I don't know, we saw found this alley and there's this big dude just standing by the door, standing by a door, and you know, just kind of hunched over. And it was like, man, I don't know, this is this is pretty sketch. I'm like, well, I trust the guy that sent me a text. So let's just leave. I don't I'll I'll talk to anybody. Yeah. You know, I, I I don't, you know, I'm not a prisoner of my city. Like I'll talk to anyone, right? Um and, and I do that when I walk around. But um, so one of this guy, he's like, what's up, gentlemen? And I was like, got this text. He's like, oh, uh, $15. I'm like, all right, no problem. Come on in. And the door opened, and it was like this scene from Girls. It was, there was like oh, this Brooklyn warehouse party. There was like 500 people partying Holy in this shit. warehouse. I mean, it was so organized. Like the bartender had a square. Like they took cards. <laughs> like that's how organized it was. It was yeah. like, and it was just, it was just, and it, it was a New York DJ who had come down, who had played, uh, not Paradox, um, where Taxlo used to play. Sonar? It's paparazzi now. Yeah, Sonar. Mm -hmm. And this was their after party. Ah. So I, I knew the friend of the guy who came down from Brooklyn to play, and just got this text, and it was just like Brent and I were just like. There was a guy dressed as a pirate. I mean, there were, there were like, the, the, the crowd was like super diverse. There was just like, everybody was there, right? Yeah. And, but, but we wouldn't have, you know, if we'd have been like afraid right. of Baltimore, we, would have, we, we wouldn't have walked down that alley. But I'm like, I'm just going to walk down there and talk to the guy. 
Well, I you think know? that's that's kind of a cool anecdote, especially for Baltimore, because it's so true. Like you never know when you turn the corner or walk into a strange doorway or whatever. Like you don't know what's on the other side, and it's usually a really fun time. You just kind of have to like get over that initial nervousness or you know if you're just like a little scared but sometimes it's, it can be really fun and those are those kind see, of nights that you are that you remember usually yeah it's the alley thing i just i you know i just so i'm like look i'm just gonna walk down there and, and like i got this address i know the guy who sent me his address that's the address i'm just gonna go say hi to the doorman right yeah, yeah. so i went down there and he's like what's up gentlemen i was like hey what's going on man you know boom there's the thing and we went right in paid our paid i'm sure our you had a very fun night yeah, and it ended up being yeah, Brent. Brent, I you know I dragged Brent around for quite a few of these <laughs> these warehouse I saw, parties. I saw he got a shout out in the book too. That was very very nice. Um, yeah. So since you've been shooting Baltimore all these years, I just sort of wanted to ask how COVID aside, because obviously that's changed things a lot. But since you've been shooting Baltimore all these years, how have you kind of seen its its nightlife and bar scene change for better and for worse? What's just kind of evolved or devolved in your opinion? Well, I think the only the only evolved space that I've seen, I mean, Canton and Fells Point and Federal Hill, they're they're always gonna be Canton, Fells Point, Federal Hill. Especially, you know, Canton and Federal, they're they're very white, bro-y, toxic male spaces. I love, and this is in DDM's, you know, essay, like I love like seeing Station North go from the John Waters white hipsters to like you know, a, a super diverse crowd of young people at like the crown. And when Joseph took over, Joseph Weeks took over wind up space, you know, that, that all changed to these spaces that, that weren't there before. Yeah. Right? So I think that's, that's the biggest change. You know, that's like the biggest change and that that's the best change. You know, you look at places like Canton and, you know, a lot of people and places in Canton and Federal Hill, you know, that privilege down there never changes. It, it didn't change from the night. Like, if you if you go back in time and you met twenty three year old Joe in federal in Fells Point Jazz, it would look pretty much without like except the pendry stuff, but it, the the crowd would look exactly the same, just with more mullets mm-hmm. and <laughs> and listening to like they might be giants and smashing right. pumpkins, right? Like yeah, <laughs> it would be, but but it would be exactly the same. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, I think. Um... It's, it's so interesting, like, the more things change, the more they stay the same sometimes. But I do think Baltimore is lucky in some senses that there are still places that, that can feel the same as it did in, in mm-hmm. the 90s. I mean, you can't say that for, for a city like New York or, you know, L.A. or whatever. Like, pick your pick your American city um, because so much has had to change. So we, we are lucky that we still hopefully, knock on wood, have dive bars and that they remain and can stay open despite – the pandemic that's what i've always i mean loved. for a city of our size doesn't it say a lot that there's no starbucks in fells point you know they, they barely had quiznos yeah no that is but a that really good point yeah you know, subway's been there since the 90s subway is the closest chain but they they were they were there since they've been there since the 90s yeah um but yeah i mean that that's a main you know before covid that's a major tourist destination bars restaurants and there's no juice bar starbucks any chain down there yeah, yeah. It's, that's pretty amazing. I think, and the fact that there's, there's a Starbucks in, in Federal Hill. Is there? No. Yeah. Where's there a Starbucks in Federal Hill? I guess you're right. There's just, there's, um, there's that that one coffee shop that's been there forever. Spoons. Spoons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, most cities would, would kill not to have, you know, 
juice bars and, and Starbucks on every corner. And we don't, there's no, yeah. there's no, you know, there's no Starbucks in station North. That's very true. The lack of Starbucks. You're really pointing this out to me. I'm, I'm kind of amazed actually. There's no Starbucks on the Avenue. No, it's not no. in Hamden. Right. Great points. Yeah. This is, so this is what I'm saying. I do think Baltimore is lucky in a lot of ways and we, we kind of forget it. Cause I mean, you and me have spent month, many times complaining over certain gentrification and things, but I, I do think there's a lot about Baltimore that still feels down to earth and laid back and hopefully inclusive. I mean, the, hopefully the, the changes are that it's more inclusive now than it's been before, right? So I wanted to do a little rapid fire at the end here um, before we kind of plug your book and, and go our separate ways. This is sort of a quarantine edition because that's all that we're thinking about in our lives right now. So I wanted to ask what your favorite at-home cocktail has been. Oh, favorite at-home cocktail. Well, my wife got this French book from David Leibovitz, and now we're, we're doing all of these, like, Burr cocktails and Lilith cocktails and, like, oh, all of these fancy. French cocktails. You need to get a copy of this book. Okay. Um, but there, in there, there's a – there's um, but we do have another book, The History of the Manhattan. There's a perfect Manhattan that's yummy but she she made this i think my new favorite at home cocktail she made this rob burroy like rob with burr b-y-r-r roy oh clever that's funny it's fantastic so burr is like a like a liqueur yeah it's a it's, it's a liqueur it's actually it's funny because it's tied into nightlife photography like Brissaille has a lot of pictures with burr like billboards on pissoirs like in france because i'm like i oh, saw nice. that before but uh wine source has it and um it, it's it's a vermouthy type it's not like a okay. it's not like a um chartreuse or a bitter you know liquor it's more of a mellow uh liquor it's actually really nice to drink by itself nice. um but yeah it, it's it, it's this rob Baroy, which is really good she's been like pushing that on me um since she got the book the book's nice. called drinking french i think awesome that's, and it, that's it's great definitely an essential cocktail book yeah. I'm going to have to add that to my bar. That sounds great. Um, okay. So cocktail, you can't wait to have in an actual bar again. Like I'm talking like inside at, sitting at a bar, not takeout, um, not outdoor drinking. Hmm. I mean, I'm not really a cocktail-y person in a bar <laughs> any drink any i'm like drink. i'm like beer bourbon okay single malt only because cocktails tend to be out of my price range yeah so I, I can get like you know i, I can nurse a dow winnie for like an hour where i'll just down a cocktail right, right? I'll, I'll nurse a mccallan or something um I, I i do miss i think i i'm actually the cocktails i miss sitting down and drinking are the summer cocktails from Dutch Courage. Mm. Those, those mixers that they started making with the machine. Oh, yes. Oh, my god. They were really good. Like, I just miss, like, getting those at night. And actually, no, okay, so I do miss um, warm cocktails, like, in the winter. Mm -hmm. Like, I do miss I, – I, I, I never thought I'd miss this, but actually, now that you brought it up, like, uh, Bertha's uh, Hot Buttered Rum. Yeah, like, that's I, exactly I, I what I thought to of, too. That's yeah, exactly what I thought no. too. When it's snow, if there's snow on the ground outside, especially, yes. yeah, yeah, like that—that—that's what I miss. Because during the spring and summer, it's usually beer gardens or wine. I don't really do cocktails 
Yeah. But, um, but yeah, winter is all like, we would be like hot cider or hot buttered rum or mulled wine. So yeah, I, I miss that hot buttered rum from Bertha's. Yeah. And that's not I, something yeah, yeah. you're like whipping up at home on the regular too. So no, no, it's like a whole like uh, stick of butter. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why it's so good. Um, yeah. Closed bar that you miss the most. Um, closed bar. Like COVID closed or closed? I kind of meant closed. Like, closed, like a bar from closed. from your um, yeah. Uh, well, this is like going back to like high school. Like I miss Gampy's. <laughs> I don't know that. Oh my God, Gampy's was it? Gampy's is where uh, Maria Louise Bistro is now. Oh my God. Okay. And it was this total like eighties, like. I have pictures. Somebody posted the menu, and I, I was looking, for, but it's like the, the menu is like all these different comic book panels from Spider Man, right? <laughs> it, it's like so '80s, and I went there like it's one of my first like fake ID places. Right? Nice, yeah. Um, you know, and, but but Gampy's was a was like a good closed bar. Not like not many have closed. Like, what's closed for you? Like, not not many have like not not like he's not including COVID for which is a lot, yeah. but like. I Which mean, closed bar? Like Ledbetter's, I thought felt like okay. a really big yeah. symbol when that closed. Yeah. Um, that was a big one for me. Maybe the oh, Whistling what Oyster. A oh, Whistling Oyster's good. What about um, what was the one on Falls Road? Dimitri's. Well, Dimitri's. Yeah. Oh yeah. I well, I Dimitri's. <laughs> <laughs> See, it yeah, makes you it I, makes you laugh every time. You well, it makes me laugh because I, I went there with our friend Dennis one night and. Yeah, I don't miss Dimitri's. Um, <laughs> That's what all my friends, on my list. All my friends say my the list. same thing, and I, but I still miss it. There was something, something very old school Baltimore about that place. And uh, well, no, I mean, there's other old school like Griffins is that's gone, right? I think so. I they're think they're so. pretty much gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. None of the bars that I like. Fr- I mean, I, I miss Wee Peters in Fells, but those are like '90s, like yeah. late '90s, early 2000 bars. Midtown um, Yacht Club, that was a good one. Yeah, Midtown. Okay, I'll give you Midtown. All right, all right. I'll give you that one. We got one. We agree good. on. Um, yeah. Okay, favorite live show you've ever photographed? I was curious. Favorite live one. show that I've photographed? Yeah. When I um, saw that Future Island shot, it it made me think of this question. Probably, I absolutely love that. Was it? Um, it wasn't called Wave Dancer. What was the show they had? Over the, <laughs> Wind um, Windjammer. Windjammer, yes. Wave Dancer made me laugh though. Yeah, I know. Was, I'm like, I'm thinking like Ocean City Apparel. Was it Windjammer? <laughs> no. Uh, no, but that show was like that was probably my favorite because I took I took what I consider a very 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 Baltimore photo, probably the most Baltimore scene photo. It's not in the book because it's not part of it, but I, I turned the camera around during. Um, I think it was DDM set because it was still light. So it had to be like DDM set. And unlike any other city in this country, there was not one iPhone or iPad up in the air. It was just people enjoying the music. In Baltimore, like, think about it. Even the crowd, like, go to the, think about the crowd. Nobody has their phones out at any of these live shows, right? That is so rare to any other city. And I don't know what it is about Baltimore, but they do not pull their phones out. 
like by and large huh. for any of these shows. That's right? awesome. Like I have a picture. I turned around and the pictures. It's it's sold out all the way to the hill at, at Pier Six. Yeah. And there's not one phone or tablet up like doing this. That's shocking. Like you that you'd be hard pressed to find that anywhere in the country right now. I know. Yeah. That so was- that that's probably and that that show was like all the heavy hitters, right? That was like Dan, DDM, Future Islands, Beach House. Beach House. Yep. Right. I mean, they. It was an all night. It was an all evening into the night. That was a great show. Same. I miss uh, Pier Six or whatever it's called now. It, that's such a good venue. Yeah. Um, okay. Go to karaoke song. Go to karaoke song. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably. Oof. It's changed. <laughs> <laughs> it's changed. Uh, Go to karaoke song. Depending on the mood. Of course. Um. I, I, I discovered Hell from Squirrel Nut Zippers, which is actually a pretty good karaoke song. Wow. Um, well, because I don't, I don't have the vocal range of some of our friends, right? And I'm not even going to try. Me neither. Do some of our friends. Um, Waylon Jennings, Good Hearted Woman is pretty good. Nice. I can I can rock that one pretty good. Um, Dr. Feelgood from Motley Crue. I, I, have, I, have a, I, I was never into karaoke until I met a mutual friend of ours. <laughs> I think I can guess who. <laughs> You know, but yeah, um, but a good heart one was pretty good, but yeah, but, those are good. um, I'm actually pretty good with Rancid, I found out also. Ooh, which one? The punk band Rancid. Um, I did Ruby Soho, hell yeah, and um, is it Junkie Man? Well, there's Time Bomb, that's Junkie Man's a good one, yeah, and and Time Bomb, because the Time Bomb, yeah, it's Time yeah. Bomb, yeah, they're say- all from Outcome the Wolves, right? So, yeah. yeah, I did like three from that album. I, I actually. Um, at a couple of karaoke nights, I was like, "Yeah, Rancid, I'm gonna try that." And I actually did. I did Ruby Soho first. Yeah, you could. You have the it. voice for it. The little like it's, it's a little raspy. So, yeah. but I, I don't have the journey range. I don't even try to do oh. the Oreo Speedwagon journey. You know, there's no, there's no point. <laughs> yeah. We'll save that for the other karaoke friends of ours. Um, yeah. Okay, and then last but not least, if COVID nineteen disappeared tomorrow, what does your perfect Friday night look like? Now. Um, watching Bridgerton on Netflix with like a cocktail. <laughs> God damn it! I, I don't want to be so... bothered with anybody anymore. I'm all I'm all like in watching Netflix with my with our home beer, our home bar. We don't have kids, so we got a nice home bar. Oh, so. that's a that's a good answer. Damn it! I'm like, hey, you 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 want to go meet at Frazier's? Like, eh, I'm watching Bridgerton with my <laughs> single mall. I'm all right. <laughs> yeah it, it is I, you know i love bars and i love concerts and i love going out and if i don't get out of my house i go crazy but i i do wonder about like kind of assimilating back into that life and like being a little nervous to go out again and do i even want to go out and be around people well when, you, you know, know? That, that you know i was going to bring this up earlier but there's going to be a bar apocalypse coming yeah. Because now you've got, and I, I, I fully disclose, I teach part-time in Baltimore School for the Arts. And I've got seniors, 17 years old, going to 18, that are just not, they don't drink. They don't drink alcohol. You know, their their party is Fortnite or gaming or hmm. staying in. You, there's, you lost almost now two generations in a year of people who are not going to go to bars. And they're not, they're not going to go to clubs. I mean, you're still going to have your 30 year old, you know, you're, it's not going to go away. Yeah. But it's, you're, you're, you have these two generations now 
that are like, what's the point of like going out and spending a lot of money when I can get DoorDash and some whatever, some weed and play Fortnite or whatever the next big game is. Yeah. Not That's have I was going to say like the CBD, THC, yeah. stuff has, I think, definitely eclipsed drinking for younger people in, in, a, in a really interesting way. Um, I mean, but- booze is not, I don't know anyone, you know, that drinks that, that, that would even start drinking. Like, like joking around my students about going out and stuff are like, ooh, you like drink? Like, you know, like really, it, it, it's not a thing. It's not going to be a thing. And these, a lot of companies, you know, and even like Facebook, also like they're not on facebook yeah none of my i have 30 students not one of them has a facebook account well that's welcome news because no that but what i'm saying like it's gonna be i know what you mean yeah it's like social social mores have changed because of this covid almost irreparably you know yeah i mean i do think i do think there still is a huge chunk of the population that will be so excited to go back out and i think bars will be okay because they'll have that business. And I, I, I do really think that, but I also think that a lot of drinking establishments, drinking companies will have to evolve to sort of the younger drinker. And I think that you already see it. I just, I just did a piece on. Yeah. I mean, look, look at yeah. colleges. Like none of my kids are going to go to Kagers or something at college. They're going to, you know what I mean? That's not, that's not going to be a part of their life. Yeah. And this is back to normal because most people can be like, why do I got to pay dorm fees anyway? I'm not right. going back to X college. So, you know, you, you're going to, it's a really interesting piece. And I hope someone out there who's a journalist who's smarter than me is monitoring this because I think it's a really good, it's, it, it's a really good thing. It's a really good trend piece. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I just did a piece, not on this, but on sort of the wellness booze industry, which I yeah. am air quoting because there is no such thing as a wellness alcoholic drink. Um, but you can see alcoholic brands, adding wellness language to their products now because people are more 20 somethings millennial whatever you want to call them are more concerned about being healthy than getting drunk and um and that's what they've had to do to compromise but of course that's dangerous because then you're telling people alcohol is healthy so there's a whole there's a whole world to it right now that's kind of interesting um but i'm not going to let you get off the hook with this question so if you had to go out to a couple places tomorrow night and sit at the bar, hang with your friends. Where would you go? Frazier's, Albar, Idle Hour, O'Shea's. Um, that sounds great. That's pretty much it. Yeah. That sounds like a great night. Only because, I mean, sadly, like, Penn and Quill's gone. Can't hang out there. You know, I mean, these bars are, they're closing, you know. Right. Um, you know, I love the crown. Probably, although the crown, I'm, I'm at the age now. Like going at like late forties. That's are you here to pick up your kid? Age? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still have friends that that work at you know that work at the crown stuff. So I could go at no problem, but I would feel kind of weird like for certain yeah. nights. Hey, I'm, um, get, I'm I, getting I, there I, too. I, I hear you. Yeah, I miss the crown, but um, no, but definitely like Brewers, Albar, the Mount Vernon Crawl, right? Yeah, Auto, uh, Auto Bar maybe. Uh, definitely Autobar. Yeah, it's in my neighborhood. They should have been. They should have been first. They are for, like that's in my neighborhood. And yeah. I, I go. Yeah, I, I meant like just like sitting. But I go to like Autobar. I you know, um, miss the shows. You didn't ask me what shows bars. Yeah, that was in my. It's in my concert venue. But like going out to a bar and sitting would be something like Brewers, Owl, O'Shea's, Idle Hour. Yeah. Uh, live venue, definitely Autobar. Like if we lose Autobar, the city's gonna lose. 
you know, it's like losing part of your heart. The, uh, the auto bar, uh, you know, under Tekla is, has turned this great corner, you know, yeah. and her whole crew there is just like sterling. And, you know, it would really suck if we lose the auto bar. Yeah. Keep, keep you following know? them and donating to them and buying their merch and definitely, all definitely. That stuff. Okay, Definitely. so before you go, can you remind people how to buy the book and just where to follow your work and yes. all that stuff? Um, so the book is up for pre-order until it's going to go to press in mid-February. Um, it is up for pre-order. Let me just get the, the URL right here. Um, if you go to the Culture Crush, that's culture, C-L-U-T-U-R-E crush, like orange crush dot com uh you can go to their shop now and it's in culture crush editions um there's actually two books up uh they're a new publisher and i really encourage everyone to check out uh the other book that's on the that there that's on the site um by destiny mata which is um all of these like great underground scenes in new york like black punks uh, lgbtqa queer trans scene it's called the way we were um it's it's so colorful like mine's all this dour old school black and white destiny's book is just like this this breath of just like fresh air color when you see the way it's designed sounds um, like two good companion books then yeah they're they're, they're they're the only two on there right now that's um dev's doing like where there's a third book coming out but um definitely like really if, if you go there and you you see mine mine's a black and white one destiny's is the young bright <laughs> it's really good it's really good. and actually there's a baltimore connection uh the band b day is in there oh um, cool uh so yeah so they're they're in they're part of the they're part of the scene that destiny got so yeah culture crush theculturecrush.com uh check it out and you know what just get both of the books you'll be happy <laughs> yeah what else are you doing come on you got plenty of time to read and exactly. browse photos um yeah. and what your jam giordano on Instagram or what's your oh Instagram is uh JM Giordano I don't know I always forget if it's plural or not hold on oh Jesus I thought you'd be well, prepared this is, this is like this is drinking you know um <laughs> no I always get my plural no it, it's JM Giordano photo singular I always get the I always forget if it's plural or not okay so yeah you follow Joe on Instagram and get his book and just look out for his work. Um, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and chatting about Baltimore and, and bars and photography. No and yeah, it's just good to catch up. It's, it's just like my social time. So I really, I, I, I feel like I, I finally earned my guest spot on your, cause I listened to your podcast. So I, oh. I finally earned my, I'm not a distiller or a brewer or a bartender, but well, I finally, like, yes, I got on Jess podcast. The general vibe is nightlife and you're, you're, you fall into that category with, with yeah. your photography in this book. So no, happy to have you. And you, you said your podcast is coming back soon too, right? Yes. We're recording tomorrow. That's 10 frames per second. That's on wherever that's Apple podcasts and wherever fine podcasts are found. It's yes. For the journalism podcast. If you pre-order the book, if we, if you buy, we used to live at night. I have a little gift for you in the form of a QR code underneath the acknowledgements okay there you go so pre-order it and you will get the qr code gift very mysterious but i bet it's great <laughs> pretty good awesome well thank you joe congrats on the book and i'll talk to you soon